0: Normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
1: Today's bonus episode of Star Talk Radio is presented exclusively by Audible. Audible offers an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspaper publishers, as well as business information providers. And Audible has the newest book from today's guest andy weir listen to artemis read by rosario dawson today new subscribers can join audible for free for 30 days go to audible.com star talk to get started that's audible.com star talk for your free 30-day trial
2: welcome to star talk your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide star talk begins right now This is Star Talk. Today, in this bonus episode, you'll hear my extended interview with author Andy Weir. Let's get right to it. So Andy, you couldn't leave it alone.
3: I just couldn't. <laughs> you just had to keep doing this. Just can't it's a sickness. <laughs>
2: putting a dude on Mars yep. was not enough. Insufficient. <laughs> Insufficient.
3: And I'm putting a city
2: on the moon. Having a movie about the book was not <laughs> enough. Um,
3: yeah, no, I mean it was a good start. <laughs> you just. Had to keep going. <laughs> Gotta. That's, that's my whole job. Well, that original book
2: was sort of battle tested because it was written in parcels, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the internet would re- react and you'd react back. So, but this one. N- not so much.
3: No, this is a this was a traditional uh, contract with Random House, and so mm-hmm. I didn't get to post it a chapter at a time like I did for the merchant because when a so you don't a, have
2: everyone's buy-in in advance. I don't.
3: I don't. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when a publisher gives you a big pile of money to write a book, they don't like it when you post it for free. So <laughs> so they they prefer that you don't do that. I see. Uh, so I see. yeah, I was on my own this time.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. So did anyone tell you like there's no air on the moon? Did did they tell you this uh, in advance?
3: Uh, it's a really you know,
2: hostile place. To, uh, um, more hostile than Mars.
3: No, it didn't. Uh, didn't come up. I, no, no. I told you. I it. should probably. I need to make some edits. Maybe is it too late? <laughs> the book comes out tomorrow. As of the time that we're uh, taping this, but uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. You know, of course, I'm a space dork. Uh, not that I have to tell you that. Mm-hmm. And uh,
2: people wear space dork titles with pride in <clears throat> yes, this office. Absolutely. This I, is a space I, dork safe space. A
3: space dork. <laughs> a safe space dork space. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and uh, so, of course, the moon's always been as as fascinating to me as Mars.
2: Mm-hmm. So this required an entire other layer of thinking to make existence on the moon real.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, so this time it wasn't just like a flags and footprints mission like the Martian was. I wanted to make um, a story about humanity's first non-Earth city. And so the first thing I had to figure out was why would anybody build a city somewhere other than Earth? I needed mm-hmm. an economic reason for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Okay. Why? Tourism. <laughs> Tourism. Very good. Okay. Very and, good. I'll uh, go. But it's, I would, uh, yeah. You, I would
2: say, I, I did my own personal math on this. Hmm. I would save five years, maybe 10 years of vacation money to spend on one vacation on
3: the moon. Oh, is that that's your that's your that, threshold? That's my sort
2: of equation there.
3: Well, um, I did. If a, you can't
2: get it that cheap, just forget it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> okay then.
3: <laughs> well, um, I did. Uh, I did my own math um, mm-hmm. on um, on what I think the the commercial space industry might get to in terms of efficiency. By when? Uh, well, uh, Artemis takes place in the 2080s. 2080s. Okay, um, uh, that's but, like. Almost in reach. Almost in reach. Probably, probably I won't see it. But probably. people alive today will. Oh, yeah. Some and people you might like
2: it. see it if we do a little, you know, genetic thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. CRISPR.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> um, well, here's the aging gene. The, let's just yeah. Let's swap that let's out. Get, well, I Don't know why we didn't do that earlier. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it's. Based on the presumption that the commercial space industry would become as efficient in terms of fuel to overhead ratio as the commercial airline industry, and I wrote a whole article on that, which is actually um, coming out in uh, Business Insider. Yeah, and I wrote this whole kind of you know very amateurish economic analysis, but you know I'm not getting investors. I'm just writing fiction, so it just has to make enough sense for that.
2: What is the cost to send a person to the moon in your? Twenty eighty.
3: Uh, well, if you wanted to go to the moon for two weeks, which includes a week travel time there and a week travel time back. A so week? Yep. It's three days. What are you talking uh, about? Well, if you go the Apollo route, yeah, but if you use a lunar cycler...
2: Oh, okay. So this will save energy.
3: A lot. Oh. Uh, yeah, right. So your lunar cycler... Is the Apollo
2: better. is just, let's go straight there.
3: Let's go straight there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But the lunar cycler, I use the Uphoff-Crouch uh, cycler that those guys uh, defined, I, th- I want to say, in the 80s. Uh, it's those guys? Uphoff and Crouch. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I was. I, I was so these really weren't excited. just syllables spilling out yeah, of your these mouth. Aren't these aren't just the random names. the names of two people. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're the names of two people. Unfortunately, I've forgotten their first names, so uh-huh. I can't give them fully the, the credit they deserve. But um, uh, it's a paper I found that describes a lunar cycler. Anyway, uh, grand total, you would spend about $70,000 in 2015 dollars to be able to go to the moon. So
2: you could weeks. easily if you wanted to create a lottery that you can send people all the time.
3: Sure. Or um, I think a lot of people would get a second mortgage on their home to be able to spend two weeks on the moon.
2: Right. Everyone's home is worth more than $70,000 now. So you could easily pull that out of the
3: value of your house. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Uh Or there could be financing. I don't know. But But it's not, yeah, it's not like. Most
2: people who own homes, their homes are worth more than $70,000. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, But it's not like, it's not like. Going to France, it's it's considerably more expensive, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And these are all in twenty fifteen dollars, by the way, because that's when I did all the economic stuff.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the money part, mm-hmm. all right. And how about the the food part? How did you solve that?
3: Well, um, of course,
2: first let me say in advance, I was at one of your I know. launches <laughs> yeah. at Comic Con New York. I saw you and they had that. this green powder. <laughs> That was offered me. And they said, oh, this is what Andy invented for his book. I said, isn't his book fiction? <laughs> they said, yeah, but this is real. Isn't his book fiction? <laughs> yeah. So it was some kind of powdered algae. And yeah. just to show you how much I love you and how much I trust you, I ate it.
3: Yeah, I saw that. Okay? I saw the just, video. It that. was real. It was yeah. real.
2: I said, all right, Andy, he doesn't want me dead.
3: <laughs> so uh, right. Yeah. I don't think yet. It's, uh, it's, the name of the algae is chlorella. Mm-hmm. Uh not to be confused with cholera. You don't want to you don't want to eat cholera. Chlorella. That sounds uh, like a hair, chlorella. hair color. Uh yeah, kinda, hair color. Yes. Chlorella. It sounds like a brand. Yes, yes. yes. Um it's chlorella. Uh and the reason they manuf- it, was it actively alive when I ate it? No, it was way dead by the time you Way dead. dead. Not just yeah, it was a powder. It was dead. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not it, it it lives in it lives in the ocean. It lives in, completely surrounded by water. Okay. And the way you guys ate it is actually, I watched I watched you and LeVar Burton <laughs> eating yeah. it. That yeah. was awesome.
2: Both of us were on location <laughs> for this like, event. You were like,
3: Well, yeah, uh, the way people in Artemis eat it is they add a little bit of water, so it's more like an oatmeal. Your
2: people didn't tell me this.
3: Yes, they did not. I looked at it and I said, who eats
2: powder? Yeah. Surely there's some water you would have to add to yeah. this. Well, well this add- is how they did it on the moon. Okay. So I said, oh, let me play along. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> well, also they add flavorant. The idea is that... so. Uh, chlorella algae, algae in general. Of course, it reproduces by with doubling times. So you can, in a fairly small volume, grow a lot of calories of food as long as you've got the energy. And the energy is not a problem. Artemis has reactors. You're good. But um, wouldn't the, all life have doubling times? Uh, that's true. That's if, true. If but you have an
2: open ecosystem yes, for it, yeah.
3: Yes, but the mm-hmm. uh, doubling time of wheat it's, is a little slower than you'd like. Uh, and, uh, it takes a lot of like mm-hmm. surface area and volume to grow. Um, so that's what kind of the poor people eat that plus, the algae. yeah, the algae, that plus flavorants, like artificial flavors that you import from earth, which are fairly mm-hmm. cheap because they, it doesn't weigh a lot to bring like a, a thing of extract up. Um, if you're rich, it's you like just, vanilla
2: extract in, at home. Right. It's, it's in your cabinet for years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need like three <laughs> drops to make a batch of cookies. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, but then, uh, if you're a little wealthier or if you're poor, but want to go out for a good meal, then you eat food that's been imported from earth Oh, and that's good old fashioned food. Although of course it, it's not going to be fresh.
2: This reminds me of uh, the early days when transportation, international transportation was expensive because uh, we're old enough to remember a time when if you had something imported, you uh-huh. would tell people that
3: this is my imported. Yes, yes this
2: is imported Im- cheese. Imported <laughs> this is geez. imported wine. This, this is, is rich,
3: this... real Corinthian leather,
2: <laughs> Corinthia. So, <laughs> so it was imported. That was a, a mark of uh, exclusivity. Now, so much goods and services, goods are transported across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, a point of pride anymore. It just is. It just is.
3: And uh, in terms of expense, it's. I mean, well, in heard- fact, I remember in grocery stores
2: there'd be the imported section.
3: Oh yes, right,
2: right. This is where you get imported goods, and yeah. you go there for that for the goods. Right. Yeah. right.
3: <laughs> now it's like what is it? Um, I forget. I forget what it is. It's like something like uh, it, they they'll they'll go lobster fishing in the ocean, like it, it, off the east coast they'll go lobster fishing they'll send the lobsters to china for processing and then they'll have them sent back because that's cheaper than doing the processing yes. here it's insane how cheap it is yeah it's just the economics around. of it yeah
2: determines uh, the the pathways
3: not so much on the moon
2: though. of consumption <laughs> okay so algae so it's either algae which you can grow just by sunlight.
3: Right. The well, they, they don't use sunlight. They use artificial light. Everything is like super, they, they have these algae vats that they- But where are they, they getting build. energy? Uh, from nuclear reactors, ultimately. The really? whole city is powered by two nuclear reactors. So this is helium-3. Uh, no, not fusion reactors. Helium-3 uh, not, is on the, in the moon. Okay. Well, gold's in the ocean. Go get it.
2: Oh, okay. All right. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Well, this, this is-, is so, all right, my, It's 2080. Yeah, that's true. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. <laughs> so there. So,
3: snap. Snap, snap, snap. Oh, just one snap. <laughs> not a Z snap. No. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I didn't uh, want to invent any brand new technology for the story. Everything's based on existing technology. Mm-hmm. And so the reactors they have are good old-fashioned uh, fission reactors.
2: Okay. Um, Where are based, you getting your
3: uranium? Uh, you get that from Earth. But once again, it's not that not that heavy. It's they are for definite, what
2: they for what it does. What uranium it does. is actually very heavy. Well,
3: <laughs> yes, it's quite dense. <laughs> yes, with all those 92 protons, yeah, going on. Yeah. but um, but it's uh, but for uranium, by the way, named after the planet Uranus. It is, it yeah, is. Yeah. Ah, but what's Neptunium named after? It's, hmm. Mm. and plutonium. Plutonium also a question. Plutonium. Plutonium isn't even named after a planet, right? (laughs) That's right.
0: It it
2: got on there (laughs) on false pretense. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) Uh, So, so... All right, so is it just vaca- who Does anyone stay there permanently?
3: Yes. Uh, uh, well, Artemis' internal economy... Artemis is the name of oh. the colony. Yeah, uh, yes, the city. The yeah. city, okay. Um, its Population? P- its population is about 2,000 people, mm-hmm. not including tourists, and its main income is tourism. Mm-hmm. It's about 40 kilometers from... The and we op- know
2: that... That's the thing. That's a, thing, that's we a have thing. Cities that do that today.
3: Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I, Like
2: Roswell, New Mexico.
3: Well, that's one <laughs> that's option. An or a Caribbean resort town. is <laughs> right, another right. example. <laughs> and I based Artemis' economy, kind of the internal workings, after like resort towns in the Caribbean. <sighs> mm-hmm. So you've got the really nice affluent areas for the tourists, and then the, shall we say, more austere conditions where the. The working class the, people the working who sustain people. the the enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are the people those are like immigrants. It's it's similar to like America in the early 1800s where hey, if you can if you can get here, you can we you're got a welcome job for you. yeah, you you're welcome to make a life here mm-hmm. if you can just if you can get
2: here. So how does a poor person get to the moon if it takes
3: $70,000? Well, that's uh if you're going to emigrate to the worker moon, first immigrant
2: stuff. program, I guess.
3: <laughs> no, there's no there is not guest uh, worker no, program. Nope, nothing but, like that. There's no there's no policies even. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's it's kind of self regulated by whether or not people can get there. Um, it's the same as an immigrant's tale, you know, back in the days of like the New World, which is where, okay, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a I'm a welder, and I want to go. Work in Artemis. I so, want so to do that. So your family saves
2: up the money for yeah, you to I'm go. I'm selling
3: my house. I'm selling my shop.
2: And, and you land with ten dollars in your pocket, right? And then you make. And then
3: make I'm gonna living. yeah, and I'm gonna start my shop here. One way trip makes it a little cheaper, mm-hmm, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, how are they breathing?
3: Uh, well, you know, you, your, your diaphragm goes down <laughs> and it expands your ribcage. No, uh, so the oxygen is actually, it, it, there are lots of ways of managing oxygen in an atmosphere. But the way things work out in Artemis is they have a thriving aluminum uh, smelting industry because they're constantly growing and they're constantly making aluminum. And they refine the aluminum from a mineral called anorthite. Which is the most common mineral found on the moon. Uh, about 85% of the rocks in the lunar highland are just anorthite. You can just scoop them right up off the ground because there's no pesky dirt in the way. You don't have to mine, you just go get it. And anorthite is made of aluminum, silicon, calcium, and oxygen. And the amount of it's a, an enormous amount of oxygen. It's like Al2 and blah, 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 O8. So
2: it's, oxygen is a waste product of making, right of, of extracting aluminum from this molecule. Right from this mineral.
3: From this mineral, okay. and uh, the moon is awesome. It's made of it's made of disassembled moon bases. It mm-hmm. just some assembly required. <laughs> okay, it's it's made of <laughs> anorthite is aluminum to make your moon base and oxygen to fill it. Nice,
2: and so now we got oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we have food mm-hmm. imported or imported uh, grown, or locally grown. on location with energy uh, energy from cage free nucle- algae, <laughs> free range, algae. <laughs> free range algae,
3: and it's. I think that's just called you know. Algae. Algae. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: and uh, so you've got, you've got food, imported or otherwise. You've got energy. Mm-hmm. You've got oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what is the governance?
3: Uh, the governance is practically nil. So, it, um, in terms of societies, it's very similar to a frontier town in the 1800s kind of thing in, in the US during the westward expansion. Um, there is like one lawman who works there. His name is Rudy. He's a former member of the RMCP, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. But now, which he, makes him polite. Uh, he's not that polite. <laughs> he's Canadian. Come he's on Canadian. Now. He's got that inherent. You can't make a mean Canadian. He's got the inherent no dubiosity. No
2: one will read the book yes. if you have a mean Canadian.
3: He, he has a no BS attitude, let's say that. Okay. Um, and But for the most part, it's just um, social norms or how the rules are enforced. When you have a small society like that, that's a frontier, they don't have the resources to have like a large standing police force or a bunch of rules. Um, as they grow, they would almost certainly develop that.
2: So in the series, the book and the series Walking Dead, mm. what has sustained it for so long is the thought the author and the producers have put into the interpersonal dynamics mm-hmm. that unfold in the presence of this threat. Of this
3: complete collapse of society.
2: Complete, complete collapse of society. Who's in charge of resources? Who as mm-hmm. distribution, who gets weird,
3: mm-hmm.
2: who gets power hungry, who gets submissive, and so, uh, uh, do you explore this this um, human dynamic?
3: Somewhat. I mean, basically, you're always going to have greed. Right, you're always going to have um, people trying to work to their best advantage and and taking advantage of whatever weaknesses there are in the system, and Artemis or of other people, or of other people. Yeah, and in Artemis, the case is that since it's so unregulated, a you know something you might even call like a libertarian paradise, it comes with those disadvantages. In other words, there's the so our 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 heroine is hired to do industrial espionage because who's going to stop you? And um, also, uh, organized crime likes to use Artemis as a means of laundering money, because Artemis has its own currency called Slugs, uh, which stands for Soft Landed Grams. Um, and and it's soft this, landed grams. Yes, uh, right. it's a, it's a reserve currency in a way. What but it means is
2: Slug is a great word anyway. Thanks. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. Right. Um, and um, so one slug can be redeemed for one gram of cargo transported from Earth to Artemis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you want to get a kilogram over from Earth, that'll cost exactly 1,000 slugs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so on. And so, But they also end up using that as a currency. And because it's this really completely unregulated, largely untracked currency, organized crime loves to come in and use it to launder money.
2: Wait, so if I build a ship, I basically have manufactured some of your currency.
3: Uh, if you if you if you can transport yeah, goods that's right well yes and no and that's uh, also actually that's kind of fair
2: because it increases the value of hmm. you don't want to print money if what it represents has not increased in value
3: right well, think of it as being more like if you my mi- if you go back to uh the days of the gold standard, if you pull some gold out of the ground you have created money in the day yeah. way back <laughs> in the day <laughs> I still have a gold
2: certificate oh do you? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It said, now it says Federal Reserve Note. Yeah. In that slot it, it used said to say, silver certificate, gold yeah. certificate. I don't know if I can still cash it in, but uh, I think you can actually by oh, yeah. law. Oh yeah. I I just go to Fort Knox and say, "Give me my."
3: Well, but they'll give you what? What is it? A one dollar bill? Yeah, it's a one dollar. They'll give bill. you one dollar of today's money in gold. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Here you go. It's like flake. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: so, so, uh, so, how fast is this going to become a movie?
3: Uh, well, I'd love it to become a movie right away. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, as a writer, I mean, your only job on a film is to cash the check. Mm-hmm. And um, I've already done that. No, so, ho-
2: however, however, <clears throat> if your book is so popular, mm-hmm. then there's public pressure on how much latitude the filmmakers can take from them.
0: <laughs> Some like somewhat, in the Harry but- Potter
2: series.
3: Yes, uh, I'm not J.K. You, c- you can't, you can't mess <laughs>
2: with the characters, but so
3: much. E, that's true. Otherwise, people be all up in your business. They would be all up in the business, right. but you've got to be. Uh, I, I, think you've got to be a bit bigger than I am to to have that to kind have those of that muscle to have that muscle. I think you got to be J.K. Rowling or Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a few steps. Well, Stephen below King now it.
2: co-writes the yeah right the, the screenplay right. So he's in it. He's in it. He's yeah. in it. Did they? But, did they? Did they? Uh, uh, keep you out of that room, the uh, screenplay room.
3: Well, they're still. They haven't even uh, made the. Will paper. they keep
2: you out of the screenplay room?
3: Uh, I don't know. Did I, they
2: keep you out of the screenplay room for The Martian?
3: No, actually, okay. they uh, they consulted me a lot, pretty much every day. Drew Goddard, who wrote the marvelous screenplay mm-hmm. uh, for The Martian was calling me and asking me stuff, usually technical questions. Good,
2: good, very good. So uh, who, remind me who, who produced The Martian?
3: Uh, that was 20th Century Fox. Okay. It was produced by Simon Kinberg Productions mm-hmm. and Scott Free. and it, It's always a, an alphabet soup of, of companies, mm-hmm. but Fox, right? And they have now also bought, the the same group has bought uh, the rights to Artemis. Okay. okay. And they have uh, the directing duo of uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord lined up to direct. Mm-hmm. So the next step is they're gonna get a. Sk- you couldn't keep couldn't keep Ridley couldn't keep Ridley. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Oh, really? We're on a first name Ridley. basis yeah, with him Ridley. now.
3: That's a weird Ridley. thing about Hollywood, as I'm sure you've noticed, is that everybody's just talks calls everybody by their first name. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems weird. I, I mean, Matt Damon. They're like, yeah, yeah, hi, Matt. You know, it's just like Well so you need the Damon. <laughs> Yeah. There's no Matt without a Damon. <laughs> yeah. You need the Matt Damon. I, I don't right, know. Right. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> but uh but yeah. Uh so we've got Warden Miller lined up to direct and uh they are right now, I think, uh picking a screenplay writer to do the adaptation.
2: Okay. And again, forgive me for not having read the book before this interview. That's oh. why I'm, that's why my questions no, are so I, I see blank. I was... Yeah. No, no, that's, uh, but, that's but I'm I'm deeply intrigued. That's not
3: that's not that's very hurtful, you know.
2: It, no, 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 no. no! You, you have the wrong <laughs> attitude. It is, I'm the only honest person you're the to only tell you that in all of your interviews. You see?
3: Literally no one else. Would, <laughs> like, I read your book. I loved it. So tell me about it. It takes place on the where? The moon? Yeah. Uh,
2: so a day lasts uh, a month on the moon. Correct. So how does that work in the, in the bio-cycles of people?
3: Well, um, Artemis doesn't get any natural light onto the inside except for one little part of it called Aldrin Park. It actually has Wait, a, so you're underground? Uh, no, they're in spheres mm-hmm. uh, which they call bubbles that are um well, one of them's a hundred meters across, and all the others are two hundred meters across in diameter. They're spheres and they're half underground, half above ground.
2: This is a geometrically literate audience. So when you say it's a sphere a hundred meters across, yeah, you don't have to say then in diameter in diameter
3: yeah. well, I just wanted to, I just need just to same. draw the distinction this- between radius and diameter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just—I don't want to be making—I don't want to be you I got know, you. giving here. a false impression. We're here. so and so, then,
2: so. These these are hab domes. They're, basically,
3: they're, they're mm-hmm. well, they're 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 spheres. They're not domes. You know, a dome okay. is a hemisphere. All right. Uh, I mean, your 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 literate utterance would would know this. Literate utterance. Au- <laughs>
2: so tell me about the one-sixth I'm gravity. I'm more
3: of a writer, not a speaker. <laughs> <I got you. laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about just, the one-sixth gravity. Just to, to finish up um, on the previous question, they're made of aluminum. They have uh, the hulls are six centimeters of aluminum followed by a full meter of crushed lunar rock, followed by another six centimeters of aluminum. Oh, so this protects you from radiation. Radiation. Yeah. Um... So there's no sunlight getting to you. Everything's artificial and it's based on Kenya time. Uh, is what they do for the uh, their scheduling and time of day. Kenya. Kenya. Well, Kenya, Kenya as in Africa. Kenya as in Africa, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenya is where the Kenya Space Corporation, which actually owns Artemis, is based. Mm-hmm. And that's where they do all their launches from.
2: Uh, remind me of the, the Earth latitude of Kenya? Uh,
3: latitude? Zero.
2: Yeah, so very nice.
3: Yes, that's, nice, that's part of it. Nice, they,
2: nice pickings there. Kenya,
3: Kenya had two things to offer the uh, the global space community. when it, it, My fictional Kenya had two things to offer. Number one, the equator. The real
2: Kenya would do that if it's actually on the equator. Yeah, wouldn't have to be fictional for that. Wouldn't have to be
3: fictional. But the other thing they did is uh, they set all of their policies to be as friendly as possible for uh, space travel. They said, "We'll give you a launch license. You don't follow these stupid rules that the other countries make you follow. Um, We'll make special tax breaks for you. You don't. You can go ahead and bust unions. We don't care. I mean, this is not. This is not. You know, it's not kindergarten. It's like they did everything they could to to draw. They
2: earned." The privilege.
3: They 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 successfully drew in the global uh, space in, investment. Yeah, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just investment, but actual you know companies relocate there. They so, may be, still be owned by Belgium consortiums or whatever else, but it's centered so, in Kenya.
2: So being on the equator, you get the benefit of the high speed movement of the equator mm-hmm. in Earth's rotation going into orbit, Earth yes. orbit. So the, these missions to the moon first go into Earth orbit, and then they leave?
3: Well, you have to first go into LEO, and then you'll have to transfer low-Earth orbit. Low Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. LEO. I thought we right. agreed that this I I've never heard anyone say LEO before. LEO? Yeah. Really? LEO. Oh, okay. LEO. LEO, Leo, Leo GEO. Okay. LEO. LEO, GEO, Mio. Yeah. Mm Mio.
2: <laughs> yeah, the middle Earth orbit.
3: Oh, yeah. okay. Not middle the middle Earth. of the Earth. Yeah, <laughs> middle <you know. laughs> Earth orbit? So you're like orbiting Sauron? Right, right, exactly. exactly. Okay, good exactly. Um, So um, you go into LEO, mm-hmm. and then you, you'll you take a transfer. You need to catch up with the lunar cycler.
2: There oh, there you go. Yeah, okay.
3: mm-hmm. um, because lunar cyclers are... Uh, the, the the cycler just goes back and forth. between. It's actually way more complicated, but... Um, Ultimately, it comes near Earth and near the moon at regular intervals. And you do have to accelerate the people to catch up with the cycler. Mm-hmm. But you at least you don't need to accelerate the cycler anymore. So you can have this big, comfortable, basically space hotel that only ever needed to be put in that orbit once. Mm-hmm. And then so you have a nice luxurious cruise.
2: And once you catch up with it, you're just on now a moving vessel.
3: Yep. As, and as it is, there. yeah. And then you also need to be, um, you also need to then be decelerated or accelerated, depends on your frame of reference, to be able to go then land on the moon when the time comes. So tell
2: me about the one-sixth gravity. How's that working for people?
3: Uh, works great. 1/6th um, gravity. Uh, Artemis is all set up for that. First off, it makes construction a lot simpler because you don't need nearly as much load bearing. Um, you don't. You don't need as much load bearing on the individual floors within the bu- within the bubbles. Um, the people who live there are very good at moving around in 16G. Tourists are generally not as good. <laughs> uh, surely you've seen the, uh, the um, m- videos from, uh, from the Apollo missions where they're kind of stumbling around. Of course, tourists in uh, Artemis aren't wearing bulky spacesuits, so they have that going for them. Uh, stairs, like stairs, can be about half a meter high because it's that easy to go up a riser.
2: So... So, uh, this sounds like an ideal place to invent new sports.
3: Could be, could be. Space is limited. Um, But there is... uh, Excuse me,
2: space is never limited. Space
3: is not limited. Space on
2: your freaking colony is limited. Yes, that's true. I'm sorry,
3: my colony. Yes. Yes, Space (laughs) inside of Artemis, Yes. habitable volume is limited. Uh However, there is um, one of the bubbles. Uh, The bubbles are named after the uh, Apollo astronauts. And Aldrin bubble has the top four floors of it are just called Aldrin Park. And the, the it's all glass on top instead of the other instead of the other kind of hole that I was describing, and that's all locally sourced glass because one of the other things that anorthite gives you is silicon, and so it gives you a bunch of silicon and a bunch of oxygen. Mix those together, you get SiO2. glass. Yeah. Yes, and so they have that, and so there's a big park there. Theoretically, you could play some games there. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
3: So I, frisbee's frisbee is a challenge. Why? Uh, well, you've got two things that are kind of working against you. Well, working for or against. First off, one-sixth gravity. So mm-hmm. it's not going to go exactly the way you expect, mm-hmm. right? that would be second true for off, any,
2: pretty much anything. Pretty much anything. Yeah.
3: But second off, the air is only 21% of Earth's atmospheric pressure. Why? Because it's a pure oxygen environment. Oh, okay,
2: all right. So you need the, just the right amount of oxygen.
3: Just the right amount of oxygen. Because yeah. mm-hmm. why, why over-design? Why, why go out of your way to make, to make it so much harder on the pressure vessels? All right, so...
2: This makes – so I guess you've done the math on this. If it is one-fifth air pressure here, uh-huh. even if it's 100% oxygen, things should not be more flammable.
0: They're the exact same the amount exact of flammable. Same flammability
2: because it's the same
3: Parcel density pressure. of oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Same partial pressure of, of oxygen at, at <clears throat> Earth's sea level. Right. So humans would be perfectly comfortable breathing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, it does cause a few other little problems. Like? Uh, Like water boils at 61 degrees Celsius, Mm. which means coffee tastes like crap Mm. because it can't properly brew or steep. So you need to boil coffee in a pressure cooker. You could make it in a pressure cooker or you could go cold brew. Right. That's a thing. That's a thing. People pay top dollar for that on Earth. People pay. Yeah. But Earth people are really stupid. (laughs) You know this.
0: (laughs)
1: That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true.
0: Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com us switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone.
2: Okay, so this is a science fiction movie that takes well, place in the future in space. All right. And the only thing that every science fiction movie ever produced in the history of the universe has in common with one another, with each other, mm-hmm. is that people go into space and then something goes wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's the plot of every single science fiction movie. Okay, fair enough. In space. Okay. Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong, so what goes wrong?
3: Uh, well, this is more of a, a problem uh, having to do with people in that the heist that our hero jazz gets uh, hired to do doesn 't go right, and she um, angers some some pretty powerful and very dangerous people that she was not aware were associated with the company that she was sabotaging
2: okay so this is a this is a, this is a, it's a crime
3: novel crime. <laughs> It is it absolutely is. It's a heist story. a heist
2: crime novel that happens to be on the moon. right. I gotcha. Gotcha. So what's the coolest thing to look for in the book? No, let, let me ask that differently. What's the most inventive thing you came up with for this book?
3: Most inventive because
2: in thing. in the Martian, you know poop potatoes that was good.
3: Yep. <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Okay, coming up with that. you're going to get we're going to get that one. Yeah, yeah, we're that was get, good. That's not getting cut. Okay, um, so, uh, boy, well, there is a twist at uh, toward the end of the book, which you would know if you'd read it, you know, um, where uh, some... <laughs> some uh, I'm
2: sorry, the universe is like a big place, and I, you know, can't read everything sure. at all times.
3: Grant, you know, broadly speaking, Neil, you spend your whole life in a very, very small part of that universe, right? <laughs> That's true. I mean... But um, the rest of the
2: universe calls to me. Oh, does it? And you're, you're a cog
3: in that turning I'm, universe. Hey... If you take a cog out of any machine, the machine stops working. I'm just saying. No, no so, you can break some cogs. You can break anyway, keep some going. cogs. You have redundant cogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, no, there is, a, there, there is a thing at the end that I don't want to give uh, too much away on because of spoilers. But there's some, shall we say, unexpected chemistry that happens at the end that causes a real problem. And I'm kind of proud for having uh, come up with that. I'll tell you about it after we... Uh, after after we're done taping, okay, or maybe I won't. Maybe 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 you should read it. <laughs>
2: um, so uh, is there is there dairy or farm animals or this sort of thing? Oh no, there's nothing like that. I mean, so it's a complete plant based life.
3: Uh, well, plant based y- diet. Well, I mean, if you're than, talking about locally made stuff, yeah. then yeah, anything that's imported from Earth, uh, well, it would have to be something that can be frozen or freeze dried or something like that. It's a, a seven-day so trip. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a seven-day trip. Mm-hmm. So, like, fresh meat would be challenging, right? Mm-hmm. But like frozen meat, frozen chicken, you know, eggs can last seven days, sure. Fruits and vegetables. Yeah, you can get those. Yeah, you can get those, uh-huh. and some people would grow them themselves in very small quantities, but. Not at a scale for everyone to eat. It would be a luxury item. And you can forget about like uh, fruit tree fruit, at least not local stuff. Now, for me,
2: the allure of going to the moon would be frolicking on the landscape.
3: Okay, well, you get to do that as, as part an of the excursion. Experience. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, you can go uh, for these excursions. They're EVA masters. Basically, um, going out onto the surface of the moon is.
2: Sim- so to be clear, EVA. Uh, is yeah, NASA's extra. multi-syllable? Yes, uh, <laughs> that's spacewalks, basically. Yes. Extra vehicular activity. Moonwalks. Yeah, moonwalks. Yeah.
3: Moonwalks, yeah. not the Michael Jackson kind,
2: <laughs> but yeah.
3: Um, and you can you can do this uh, in a similar way that you can go diving when you're on vacation in a nice ocean place oh, where you. you have an EVA master who is out there kind of keeping track of you and maybe eight other people, and but. He, he or she will be wearing like the big, complicated suit with articulated fingers, everything kind of like you imagine a Pol- an Apollo suit, but a little more advanced. You will be in what they call a hamster ball. It's uh, basically just a big, clear, inflatable, uh, you know, airtight ball that's strong enough that if you roll it over a rock it won't pop or anything and you're inside and you wear a backpack that they call a scurry pack and it uh, regulates all the air on the inside and you're limited to about two hours on any given EVA because I did the math on this, that's about as much heat rejection that you can handle by having a big block of ice in a backpack so basically
2: you you ran the thermodynamics on this yeah, very
3: nice, thank you
2: uh, we we must we should remind ourselves hmm. of your academic pedigree.
3: I have no degree. That's my <laughs> academic pedigree. Uh, you, you are Doctor Tyson. No, no, no. I am high school graduate So, Andy.
2: so no. So <laughs> let, well, then let us not call it academic. But let's call it um, uh, let's call it academic passions. Ah yeah. Yes, yeah. that would include um, science and engineering.
3: Oh yeah, big time. I but love that. Stuff. There
2: you go. Yeah. There you go.
3: But I'm a I'm what you call a gentleman scientist, not an educated one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, I I have told people that the highest compliment I've ever gotten oh. from anyone at any time was from you when you said that you were writing The Martian, putting down you know laying down some science to track, and you imagined I was looking over your shoulder. Oh yeah, what if Aldergrass Tyson reads this? on the brink of tweeting about. <laughs> some mess up in your book. <laughs> yes. And you didn't want that. I didn't want that. You didn't want that. So, um, it's is that, uh, am I still there?
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> am I still oh, there yeah. on your shoulder? Oh yeah. No, no. I was. At, you're. You're still there. You're still there on my shoulder. Uh, in fact, Artemis is even more scientifically accurate than The Martian. Mm. It. Do, the Martian projected forward some technologies like ion and ion propulsion, and sure. and it, I completely ignored the effects of radiation on on. My, I just made this magical hab material that would stop radiation. I get offered no explanation. Um, in Artemis, I didn't. I didn't even do that. I said, like, all right, you know, <laughs> Artemis has the, the, the whole thickness to protect people from radiation. When you go out on an EVA, I calculated, uh, let's say you're a tourist and you go out on an EVA in one of those hamster balls, you don't have a bunch of, like, protection from a traditional EVA suit. How much radiation do you get? It turns out over a two-hour EVA during the lunar daytime, you would get about the same amount of radiation as a, getting a set of dental x-rays. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. That's the measure, but I checked, and the reason I checked is because I knew you'd check. <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I get,
2: I get misunderstood in many of my. I, I'm there to just enhance people's appreciation of the book or of the movie. Yeah, sure. And and I'm, you know, I get characterized as a buzzkill, but no, I'm that's really not just
3: keeping everybody, keeping them honest, just keeping the song. see, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm in some. I don't know if I'm in a minority or whatever. I'm in the opposite camp. I love, I love that. I <laughs> I, I, I love what other people apparently consider a buzzkill. I I I'm like, yeah, you tell him, Neil, because 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 <laughs> because uh, it drives me crazy. Like. Um, what what really bugs me in the story isn't so much physics and accuracies. I can accept a warp drive. You know, I got no problem with that. You know, for suspension of disbelief, no problem. What bothers me is inconsistencies. Yep. So if you can go faster than light, I, I remember there was one episode of Star Trek where they're in the, you know, classic Trek. They're in the Enterprise, right? It can go warp. I forget what classic Trek Enterprise could go warp. 10 at least ten. Nine, yeah, yeah, nine, yeah. something like that. And... But then, at one point, they were like, okay, we need to get from Mercury to Earth. And it, like, took them a while. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, no. Mercury is, like, seven light minutes from Earth, and you're going many, many times the speed of light. It's not going to take you a while.
2: So, yeah, that one that slipped by.
0: Yeah, that slipped
2: by. uh, There was the other episode where they wanted to magnify the sound of people's heartbeats to find out where the alien was Uh in the spacecraft, and... Was it Spock or Kirk said this device magnifies the sound by one to the twelfth power. One to the twelfth power. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, one times one times one, one times one. one all one the, one way to the 12th. time.
3: Yeah. Well, I, that, and then I thought,
2: okay, they just misread it. And then there's a similar. In, Error in another episode Yeah, where it was like one to the ninth power. So somebody just didn't
3: remember. Just there. doesn't get that. Yeah. Well, I remember in a book, now that's not fair bagging on Star Trek books because there's so many, but mm-hmm. I remember one of the Star Trek books, um, Kirk says, Scotty, I want every ohm of power to the shields. Ohm of power. Ooh. Yeah. So to which I imagine mm. Scotty saying, well, he wants maximum resistance. So I guess I'll just <laughs> turn him off. <laughs> Let me get astronomical
2: on you, see if you thought about it, okay? Okay. Uh, Moon, of course, looks the way it does because it doesn't have an atmosphere to protect it from meteoroids. Right. How do you protect yourself from meteoroids, especially during meteor showers?
3: Uh, You... you Did you think about that? I did. Okay. And the odds of any uh, object hitting something the size of Artemis are literally astronomically low.
2: Okay, good. And it would
3: have to be going, and even if it did, if you're talking about like a micrometeorite, mm-hmm. something like that, uh, even if it did, it would have to be going very, very fast, like uh, maybe 50 you know, kilometers a second kind of thing to make it all the way through both holes and the sand.
2: Okay, good answer, good answer. A couple more. Uh, okay. Are there occasions where people get to see total solar eclipses down on Earth?
3: Do uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and literally every time there's a total solar eclipse will be during a full Earth. Hmm. Um. And so you'd be you'd be seeing that. Unfortunately, a solar eclipse from space is lame.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's fuzzy. It's just
3: like this little kind of blurry, fuzzy, blob. dark thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's but not you talk about it in the book. Uh, I don't. That's what that's what. I'm, oh, it doesn't I, come up in the book. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm no astronomical. On no eclipses in the book. No eclipses in the book. You said you're getting astronomical, not literary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
2: full Earth. Yeah. On the moon. Mm -hmm. is 60 times brighter than full moon on Earth. Yeah, nice, huh? So, did you have any, like, evening uh, Earthlight walks?
3: Uh, the Earth light mattered for, uh, some of the EVAs they took, oh, good, but good. Uh, once again, it only matters when you're outside because inside you get it, light. It,
2: it's 60 times brighter.
3: 60 times. I, I, that I didn't See, know. See, there's astronomical stuff. That's astronomical. Cool. Stuff. That's astronomical. I'm here. And my, well, my favorite thing is that Earth is in a fixed position in the sky. Yes. If you, well, there's lunar libration, yeah, so yeah. It, it wobbles, but it's there. And so one of my characters is a devout Muslim. And so he made like a ramp with a prayer rug on it so that he could pray to Mecca because... It, since Earth is in a fixed position, that direction is. He never always has to correct. change his direction. He doesn't have to change direction. Right. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So, dude. Dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
2: And uh, so you're on tour now for the book, and it's, there's an yes. Audible version of it.
3: Yes. Uh, narrated uh, red, by the 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 lovely and talented Rosario Dawson, oh, whom my. you met.
2: Gosh. Oh yeah. Just to hear her rent right, because in the exhibit that yeah. I attended, it was uh, that Audible exhibit and at. Mm-hmm. at uh, a setup where you got to hear some of the... The Lunar
3: Museum. Yeah, the yep.
2: Lunar Museum at Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. I got to hear some of the passages yeah. uh, read by her. It's great.
3: She's really fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't, couldn't ask for a better narrator. Very
2: good. Uh, so, uh, cool. Cool. And uh, nowadays, since everyone is stuck in traffic, audible Mm -hmm. versions of books matter.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do.
2: (laughs) Uh, In in my latest book, I decided I would narrate that because it was like short enough.
3: Well, you've also got, I mean, and I'm not kissing up here. You've got a great voice. I don't hear my voice. I don't even think about it. You've got a really good voice. But but
2: here's how I thought about it because it's not a long book. But so when I I said, well, how many days stuck in L.A. traffic would get through this book? I figured Mm -hmm. two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two days, yeah. So that should be the metric, the new measure metric. <laughs> of how long a book is. Try, yeah, commute days. <laughs> commute commute days. So so Andy, congratulations. Thank you Thanks very for much. coming through town. Thanks for having me. And, and you're based where again?
3: I am based in California, near San Jose. San Jose. Okay. Well thanks for coming uh, uh, to New York. Your first time. My first time, my first visit to New York City.
2: Welcome <laughs> to the universe. Dude, we'll see you again. Thank you.